the <clears throat> theme for the afternoon talk is in the form of a question what is our relationship to goals and of course being if I may say a half-hearted football fan <laughs> it's important if you're English um, some of us may have watched a few games uh, during the uh, World Cup uh, this summer in Russia and before the game started the English press reported that the German team had already booked its hotel for the World Cup final to be near to the stadium <laughs> and you made a rather early journey back home or the team did and the English football fans said well what do you expect if Germany doesn't pick Sani, the Manchester City player what hope has it got so, yeah. and they use it as a small example uh, here of the influence in pleasurable and difficult ways that goals in this case sporting goals goals have upon our life but it seems to me really important that we dig a lot deeper into our relationship with life that we see from our experience if there is a place for goals in life or a goal in life and we see also where it is inappropriate not helpful not useful to have goals and our experience must rest here uh, as the authority here. <clears throat> in taking um, a, a Dharma perspective for a moment yeah. it's really worthwhile in life to reflect and to meditate upon our actions and as the Buddha commented Human beings, generally speaking, are best known by what we do, what our activities are. That's how we often know each other. In looking into our activities, primary areas would include, important, the activities of our mind. What is our mind doing? Mind here, it means heart feelings, emotions, thoughts, memories, intentionality. So the word mind, in its Dharma usage, is a kind of umbrella concept under which goes all the activity inside of ourself. So rather than keep repeating all the activity, I'll use mind or heart-mind there. A second uh, another area which is really important in our activity is of course what comes out of our mouth what we say, it's an activity and also what we write from the text 
to the essay, to the thesis, to the letter, to whatever, to the book or whatever. And thirdly, is in relationship to the body, the activities of the body. Sitting in meditation, walking in the medi- in meditation, is an activity of the body. What we eat, how we exercise, how we use it is an activity of the body. And also, of course, in the daily life, in terms of service for others, the use of our hands to make and create and change and uh, give support in all sorts of ways. So a human being looking at herself fully, looking at himself fully, will take a real deep interest in the activities of our mind, the activities of our speech and written, and the activities of the body there. <clears throat> and to see what is some of the outcome of all of these, uh, of these kinds of activities. <clears throat> but activities, the actions of our life, don't come out of the blue They're not something which just kind of happens, really, I'll try and touch upon it with you in a moment, but also the activities quite often have some intentionality behind it. I'm speaking to you, there is some intention to share and communicate uh, to you the may be some outcome for the uh, listener. There's the movement of our heart and mind, there's maybe some intentions in there which are influencing those movements, there. and those movements have an outcome. There's the intentions which uh, have an activity with the body, and in the body, and what we do, how we use the body, is it in the service of others, or whatever, and there's the outcome. So much of our meditations and reflections, uh, inquiry into life, is around what we are doing with heart, mind, speech and body. We're not only considering our relationship to that, but also how we are, what we do, has its influence upon others as well. You and I, we don't live in isolation. We live in relationship, in connection with others. And therefore, the wisdom and the support which we give to ourselves genuinely will give real support to others as well. In the teachings, with this area of uh, activity that takes place, we keenly interest in the outcome, one word, in the consequence, another word, in the effect, another word, uh, in the goal, in the accomplishment, in the result, 
So there's the movement, intentions, there's the activities, and there's outcome, goals, results, effects, impact, uh, whatever. And a lot of our feelings and our thoughts is about this dynamic, intentions, actions and results. Starting something, sustaining it, and the goal or the outcome of it. In exploring in the, in the teachings, and this is <clears throat> plenty of it is a challenge, and this is uh, just one of the uh, challenges out there, <clears throat> in looking more carefully at the human condition and our activities in this field of existence uh, there, it's <coughs> vitally important to see where the primary interest is. Not always so easy to follow. When we are engaged in an activity which has some importance for us, to see what the primary interest is. And there are four areas. The fourth one is the most important. Mm, I'll touch upon the other three. <clears throat> One of the primary areas when we are uh, engaged in doing something is for self-interest. doesn't have to be especially selfish, but for self-interest. You may come on a, a retreat and the primary interest may be what will I get from this? What benefit will it bring to me? There may be, and there will be, possibly plenty of areas in your life, our life, where what we are doing, we notice, remember, body, speech and mind, all three, what we are doing, the sense of I and my is very central because we see by doing this I will get something from it. Something will emerge. Something It will make things better in some way or other. It could be knowledge and learning and study. It could be in a relationship. It could be starting a new job and many other things there. So the sense of I, the me, is rather in the centre of the activity. Watch it. Oh, watch it. When I was a monk, sometimes the snakes would be, or a snake would be in the hut when one was a monk. I can promise you, when you've got a snake in your hut, and that hut is around three metres by three metres maximum size, I can tell you one thing, your mind does not wander. One's having a dance with the snake because the snake is between you and the door. And one really extraordinarily mindful. One needs as much mindfulness and as much clarity when there is an interest, primary interest of the self in what one is doing. And the reason for the primary interest uh, in it is because the self, 
that's the construct of I and my, is extraordinarily unreliable. And we know from experience, you don't have to tell us, anyone tell us this. Our self, I and my, can be thrilled to bits about achieving a certain goal that we wanted. We've got it. I've done it. I've completed it. I've achieved this. It's really what I wanted, etc. And it only takes a a few changes in the conditions, either from within or elsewhere, and the view can change radically. Doesn't take much. There can be a little change going on, and the self is then full of self doubt. A number of times people have told me, as one many examples in our life, I, I um, uh, one of those who left school rather early, I left school at uh, uh, 15 somewhat inspired by a wonderful one-liner of the Irish poet George Bernard Shaw, actually won the Nobel Prize for Literature. And he once commented, the only time I stopped learning was when I went to school. (laughs) And I thought, yes, I just needed to hear that. So, but others, good friends, and, and perhaps quite a few of you, went to school, then you went to college, and then from college you went to uh, university, and quite a few friends, happy with the college, happy with the university, got the necessary, whatever it's called, uh, BA and uh, uh, MA, uh, whatever it uh, may be, really pleased with what one's got, got all the qualifications necessary, and then out of the inner life, the mind comes up and says, actually, I don't want to do that. (laughs) So all that effort and study and and struggle and achievement and goal, and then the mind has undergone a change and says, no, no, I'm going to do something else. One cannot, there are a few of you in the room and nodding your head, so you know what I mean. So one cannot rely upon the self to give a continuity of insurance that how it is, it will stay. Anicca, impermanent, changeable, there. (coughs) And sometimes, that which we are committed to, and if it's healthy, it's important, and it's wholesome, there is a quiet, staying power goes with it. So a human being engaged in any activity is really looking at what is the self's relationship to the activity. That's the first. The second is that sometimes what we are engaged in is not so much out of self-interest, it is out of the interest for the other, for her, for him, for them. I have a 
good friend, uh, uh, Israeli, and her uh, work is genuinely a fine and noble work. She gives support to refugees. Her work has taken her to some of the real hotspots of this world. Syria, Lebanon, to um, some of the countries in uh, sub-Sahara Africa uh, there. And in working with refugees in terms of war zones, climate uh, change, famine, and much, much more there. It's a tremendous dedication to the welfare of others. They arrive with trucks and trucks of tents and food there. She said, that Christopher isn't easy because the people are so traumatised by their event there that when the vehicles arise, there's incredible pressure when thousands of people haven't been eating, have been sleeping rough, have been walking miles and miles, pressure to get, to have. And the parents may not, the parents may not even be thinking for themselves, they're thinking for their kids who have survived these horrible situations uh, there. And I asked her, how on earth do you keep a calm and clear mind and stay steady in all of this? She says, a practice. If a person doesn't have their practice and all the explorations that you and I may engage in, we, our heart and our intentions and our actions really, really can be for the immense welfare of other people. And there are people, you and I will know people, who are doing precious and beautiful things for the welfare of others there. And we have to applaud and recognise that kind of uh, dedication that is uh, taking place. But if there is some neglect on one's own side of the dynamic, sooner or later that neglect will have an impact. And they hear countless stories, first-hand experiences of uh, people who say, say to me, Christopher, so committed to being an activist, so committed to social change, so committed to the service of others, so committed to uh, the rights of animals, to the protection of the environment, but I burnt out. I just couldn't do it anymore. I had to get out of it. I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't deal with it any, long, any longer. So for some with the action, and for those of us engaged in service, and that could be looking after our ageing parents. It could be taking care of our children. It could be working in an office and giving really support, real support to the staff and cohesion. And we really need to be able to check in with ourselves the action of support for the other 
is there a reflection and a meditations in which we are keeping in touch with what's going here as we serve the other otherwise crisis is in store the most common is stress easily leading to more unhappiness a loss of enjoyment of life feeling that there's I can't do it any longer with what's going on around me and the outcome of all of that is exhaustion burnout and withdrawal so we're looking at ourselves seeing what's going on here we're looking while here on the retreat what is our relationship to the other called people or person called animals called environment there and that's the second the one towards the other <clears throat> the third important and that is the consideration of both it is does have a value to it and therefore in our interconnectedness with those people who are important in your life circumstances which you and I are engaged in it is genuinely important to be able to see what the consequence or the impact with regard to other what the goal actually is and sometimes in service to others it is helpful to have a certain clear sense what is it that we have wished to offer what is the end inside what is the genuine benefit which we wish to see uh, for, uh, for other there and if we can't see that for the other or for ourselves it might require from us some reflection understand what i mean by that is if in the engagement with life and the engagement is one of some change and some consideration and we have a purpose and a focus and therefore a goal which can be really precious and valuable and i really wish to keep that central in my life clear intentions purpose and direction of real benefit in this case for others or myself there one question will go along with it has to what am i prepared to give up to make it happen goes with it and sometimes in life we are trying to do too much if we say to ourselves and that oh my life is so busy please regard it as mental sickness this four lettered word in english busy <coughs> is a polite word for i'm crazy 
I've got mental health problems. Because the idea of being busy is so much which is going on in the mind, this is the busyness, it's in the mind, uh, there, with lists of all the things that we need to do and have to do, and this creates a pressure. And we are attached and identified with so much to do. It's important to recognize what we can do, but it's equally important to recognize what we can't do and not to think we can. You know, as I say to my friends in discussions on this, with Christopher, there's only about three things I can do. One is talk. The other is listen. And the third is write. I don't say I'm doing any of them well, but talk, listen and write I can, I can do. But when it comes to anything which requires some use of the hands, help. <laughs> I can just about put a plug in the wall. <laughs> Anything which breaks down in the house, you know, I'm either asking my friends or I have to pay, <laughs> etc. Some people have extraordinary skills with computers. With um, after pressing the the play button on the on the camera, after that it's help, Maggie, help, whoever it might be. So sometimes. Like my father, late father, once commented to me. He said, now I know the reason why you're a meditation teacher. <laughs> you don't have to use your hands. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so sometimes in life, we have to know what we can share and offer and be clear about what we can't. Some people, there are some people who are multi-gifted, multi-talented, uh, multi-mad, no mad, no I shouldn't say that, no, etc. But some of us, we know, small way, where the skills or the knowledge or the capability is and we wish to concentrate on, on that. And there are some things which some of us might wish to do, but we can't because we're committed to something. Small servant of the Dharma, that is the commitment which is there, that commitment uh, brings about a lot of travel. It sounds all very romantic, I can promise you. It isn't uh, there. But there are many things which one has to put aside because it would need being in one place for days, weeks, months or years. And therefore, that option has to be let go of in order to sustain uh, this kind of service. Uh, use it as a very small example. So, there's the interest of the self. Is it wise? Is it skillful? Is it appropriate? There is the interest of the other. Is it wise? Is it skillful? Is it appropriate? 
there is the interest of both wise, skillful and appropriate in both directions in the first three examples of what I'm referring to uh, here the commonality is the self and with the self there will be some dependency there has to be the dependency will be am I approving of what I am doing the dependency is she or he approving and appreciating what I am doing there's some dependency the Dharma teachings are a liberation from such dependency and that's the fourth one do you get it, understand? that the action itself has a value to it the dependency on getting approval the dependency on the self of oh I'm good, I am okay, I am successful, I have, I have achieved, look what I have done that, that also is not in the picture of course some benefits may hopefully will come for the other some benefits will come from within from the act of service or the act of working uh, on oneself but the fourth one is the recognition and the appreciation of the action itself of the actions of the heart and mind of the speech, of the written, of the body and the recognition of that has an integrity to it it has a, um, the action of that has an integrity to it it has um, an authenticity uh, to it as well so our expiration is taking an in, a greater interest in the action and reducing the priority and sometimes the dependency and sometimes the obsessing around <coughs> self and other to liberate the action it's a great challenge for us but it's part of the dynamic and the exploration of what it is to be, to be human there is a validity in just sitting on this earth there is a validity in our silence there is a validity in just breathing in and out in a mindful way of just listening to uh, uh, teachings to explore the, the richness from wake up to the sleep time and the recognition of that and to say of course benefits will come but one's not putting all the em emphasis on I, me and my <coughs> different way of looking and exploring in Dharma practice <coughs> Is anyone get, got a bit glass of water? I'm kind of such a hot day, I'm drying up. Or just water around. If not, I'd pop across to my room. Oh, it's very kind of you. Thank you so much. 
The relationship in Dharma practice and exploration, both here and elsewhere, there are two aspects to it which are, amongst the many, which are really worth, from your experience, taking an interest in. And, and again, to see from experience here. For some people, we'll say um, the path, which is the action, that in relationship to uh, the uh, action uh, there, I find, a person may say, I find it really helpful to have... Ah, uh, bless you, good man. Nice, perfect, thank you. Um. Lovely. Can't beat water. I really find it helpful with spiritual practice to have a goal. It helps to concentrate my mind. It gives me a sense of purpose and direction. I have a sense of knowing where I am going. And I need a goal, some people will say, and it's very valid, and as we know, with Dharma, Buddha Dharma teachings, there is plenty of emphasis on path and goal. So the path is the activity towards the goal. The language of the goal may vary between different people a lot. One person may say, oh, uh, the language of the path for me is the Eightfold Path. I'm exploring right understanding and right view and intentions and speech and livelihood. I'm looking into mindfulness and meditation and concentration. I'm looking into all of this. This is the path. It's a valid, worthwhile path. The benefits are confirmed through your experience. Another person may say, for myself, the path is reducing um, dependencies or obsessions or addictions or habitual behaviour or whatever. I need to really work on that and reduce that in my life. Uh, another person say, the goal for path and the goal for myself, um, a person may say, it is really opening up my heart bringing out much more love in the life. Uh, there. Uh, another person may say, well, I see the path with the goal is towards waking up, towards finding out if there is something called enlightenment, to knowing what a liberated life is uh, all about. And another person may say, well, the way I look at it is reducing greed, blame, fear, worry and anxiety. These obstruct my life, these difficult states of mind are problematic, they arise in my life, let me practice to end all of that. Another person may use religious language, 
I want to know what God is. I want to find God. I want to know what reality is. I want to know what the truth is through insights and realisations. Not through what the religious people tell me. Not through what the scientists tell me about what is real and true. I don't need people in white coats or robes. I'm a human being. I can find out. And so the language of path and goal there may be a language certain words truth, reality, nirvana, liberation, God, whatever which help for some people to give a focus and a direction a sense of purposeful exploration it isn't jumping to a conclusion that life has some inherent purpose to it I doubt that very much but it may be it is helpful for us at this time in our life to see where our life is going and sometimes we reflect and we find out perhaps I need a fresh sense of purpose a new sense of intention some fresh activities or I need to develop towards the goal a goal for some there is and it's quite appropriate a naming of the goal those kind of words which I just used uh, with you you have to look for your experience as always see if the language of path in different ways and goal is suitable for you but it's not always the best way of working one shouldn't assume oh my gosh I've got to start thinking about a path and goal society has been telling me you've got to achieve your goals there you, you've got all these people who are making bucket loads of money about finding out your real purpose in life and you can achieve these goals all you have to do is spend a thousand euros for the weekend on my course and I'll set you up these goals there and then you've got all these goals about for your kids and the grandchildren or whatever about being top of the class and succeeding in all of their endeavours my gosh we have goals pumped into us and then people like Christopher then come along and say well, the real goal of life is liberation environment, and forget the other goal oh no not another goal to have to deal with <laughs> gosh I've already got ten on the go already etc so for some the language of path and goals for some is genuinely not helpful that's all, it's just not helpful and it might might be as well that because it's a metaphor path and goal there that it easily can be the self once again jumps back in as it loves to do right into the mix and all the comparing starts taking place and the views start arising out of the self how far am I along the path <laughs> how much further have I got to go 
I had been practicing for the past 10 years, 20 years, which these days when you're in the white-haired club, honestly, 10 or 20 years of practice, frankly, is peanuts. <laughs> but one's got the view, by now I should have. Maybe I'm not really on the path at all. Maybe I'm just a beginner. Maybe I'm knocking on the door of complete enlightenment. I hope my friends recognize that, etc. Yeah. So the views of the self can arise about being on the path, and then the same views can arise about, oh, is this the goal? Maybe I've got it, whatever that might be. And then there can be some experience, experiences, and one says, oh, that, that's, that's the goal. And then one spends ages trying to get back to that memory of that experience which the self has said, this is the goal. This is it. You got it, but you lost it, etc. Nevertheless, for some, the language of path and goal contributes to a quiet discipline we are willing to put a lot of other stuff aside. We really wish to give it priority and it works for us. If so, marvellous. Use it. It might be, as I mentioned, the word goal just and path just doesn't work. It feels limited. One has an understandable resistance to path and, and, and goal and success and achieving and getting and gaining. One's heard it all before. And one does not wish to put it into a kind of spiritual language. Uh, there. Don't. Simple. Don't. Leave out the metaphorical language of path and goal. And for some, including uh, some of you, because I know uh, uh, some of you, there is a trust not a trust in path and goal that is a, although that could be a really valuable trust to have there but there is a trust in not being interested in path and goal there and sometimes some make a certain transition in which for a period it was all about path and goal there and one's practice focused on that and then something in the inner life naturally, healthily and organically changed and there's a certain trust and sense this exploration of life is worthwhile is valid and it does not require the language or the concept of path and goal it feels valid the sense is, it is authentic to be a mindful human being, to know things deeply, to really sense interconnectedness with life, to really watch the presence of I and the my and its problematic aspects when it is problematic there, to acknowledge the power of love with life, of appreciation, to recognise the value of action and 
significance of it without all this dependency on the approval of others or self-approval, so forth. And sometimes it's easier for and healthier for some people to trust in the process, in the dynamic which is taking place. And in that, there's its organic expression. It can be with this as well. Everything has its, as Jung would say, its shadows. So some people will say, they will say to me, well, Christopher, I went to see this spiritual teacher, this religious person, this whatever, and I realised there is no path and no goal, and there's nothing to do. Be careful. It's a nice idea. If it's not understood well and clearly, the person chucks out the idea of path and goal, which one can chuck out. It could leave, this is the shadow, it could leave a person just living out their tendencies. There's no path, there's no goal, uh, everything is perfect, which is nonsense. And the outcome of that is the person is just living out their tendencies. I would rather take the chance with the path and goal than just be governed and ruled by the one's history of habits, patterns, tendencies, uh, which become the driving force for how we live. And there are some with authority, based on real insight, are exploring and generating an interest and fresh discoveries and insights with life and are not just relying on the old habits and patterns to interpret the present instead. Not relying on the old, not concerned with path and goal, but just not relying on the old. And there is a precious freedom in all of that too. It can, nearly finished, it can be, this is about keeping in touch with ourselves. for some, there may be, at this time in one's life, for some, the priority of path and goal, like I said. There may be, at this time in one's life, just exploring life without that those kind of languages. But it's not that one is more evolved than the other in either direction. It could be one is exploring um, organic way of life, of being, with all that's engaged with it, it is revealing some insights and understanding for us. And out of, all of, out of all of that may come, in the organic process, a goal. And we may have to listen to that goal. That, and it happens regularly on retreats. A person 
gets a sudden insight of her or his potential of what she or he can offer to others. But realize, I don't have enough experience. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the know-how. But they've got a goal. They've got a vision of something which can be offered. So out of that organic process, there is a goal. And one says, out of that, there is going to be an intention and an action to move in that direction. And that energy, that meditator's energy, that mindfulness energy, that practice energy, may lead us into fresh directions. Because a new goal has been found in life for that purpose. So as human beings, we are really keeping our heart, mind, body, speech uh, really open. And what some of us find that with the practices there is a receptivity. So as the stress and the pressures of day-to-day life get less and as we are more receptive as human beings wonderful things come to us. And it's not They they didn't come before, but unfortunately before we were so stuck in our own stuff we couldn't recognise beautiful things which invite us because we were swimming around in our, our own little nightmare. And in exploration and opening up the heart and mind things Events, invitations, creative suggestions, the kind word, the gesture, in all sorts of ways, from the plant kingdom, to the poem, to a single conversation over a latte, maybe even from a newspaper, that would be very rare of course, (laughs) but um, other areas, where something touches us and we respond but we've been, we are able to respond because our stuff is not in the way. And that receptivity helps the magic of life to, to emerge. And that's really a key to our practice. Action of self, action for other. Action considers self and other action which is not really about self and other. An exploration of life which gives relationship to the significance of goals in life, being clear about what they are and our direction with them and what am I prepared to give up to help that process. A trust in an expansive view without goals Sometimes, for some people, it really is just living fully and richly one day at a time. Mindfully, respectfully, sensitively, from one day to the next without any goals in life and just doing that beautifully. 
my goodness me, we need such people on this earth. Oh, we need them. So our exploration makes possible all sorts of ways of, ex- of inquiring so that we really live a free and insightful way of life. Let's have our quiet minute, shall we? Thank you. explore the fields of action. May all beings be in touch inwardly and outwardly. May all beings live with love and liberation. Thank you for uh, lending an ear. The uh, Time's just coming up to uh, 4.45 and in this uh, 45 minutes there's a small group of good names on a piece of paper on the notice board and for others some walking or standing meditation and if the bell ringer kindly give the gong a ring at 5.30 for the uh, evening food. Thank you. Thank you.